busy in the day and, and uh, there's a lot of things going on in our life, Lord, but I just pray that each of us will, will take some time throughout the week, several times a week, to get this list out and, and call these names out to you, dear God, and, and uh, Father, lift them up to you. And uh, Father, we know that uh, you'll, you, you'll answer and you'll bless in mighty and powerful ways. Uh, so, Lord, we just thank you for this time to, to, to come to you with these prayers. And, Father, we pray now that you'll bless uh, the rest of our evening this evening, Lord, as we get back into the book of Proverbs. Pray that uh, you'll prepare our hearts here tonight. Be with all those that are working with our young people tonight as well. And uh, pray that you'll bless them and uh, speak to hearts as well. Father, we sure thank you and we love you. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen and amen. All right, so the book of Proverbs chapter 25. The book of Proverbs chapter 25 as we keep moving on through uh, this uh, wonderful, wonderful book. And uh, tonight we're, look, we're talking about dealing with difficult situations with others. And um, something that we all experience uh, quite regularly, maybe not to a high degree, different levels of that. Sometimes they're small things, sometimes they're not so small. But uh, I think it would probably be an understatement to say that, you know, every human being has some type of flaw or flaws, right? I mean, I don't think anybody here would say, hey, I do everything perfectly every time. No, we don't do that, do we? I mean, so, so you know, it, obviously we all have flaws. Uh, we're, we're not perfect, right? Um, I wish I could be right all the time, but I'm not, right? I wish I could always see something the way that it really is, but I don't always see it the way that it really is, right? Uh, so, so I think it would be, you know, we, we know that we have flaws, that we have shortcomings, those types of things. And when everybody has that, and everybody does, right? I never did get an amen on that. We all have flaws, right? Yeah, yeah, we all have flaws. And so when you have, when you have human beings that are flawed, every single one of us, sooner or later, if we're together, we're to be together, amen? We're to assemble ourselves together, right, as a church family. So we have people that have flaws. When we get together, there's going to be some misunderstandings. There's going to be some, some disagreements. And, and sometimes, not always on purpose, but sometimes feelings uh, will, will be hurt. Uh, the Bible says that offenses will come, amen? And sometimes they come from people that we love and admire the most. You know, it's just a, a fact of life. And so we're looking at that tonight, again, dealing with difficult situations uh, with others. Uh, and we're going to see several things, uh, you know, several that we're going to look at. We won't spend a whole lot of time on each one, but we're going to just be uh, talking about dealing with difficult situations, again, particularly with, with people as, as we go through this. So we'll jump right into it. We're going to begin with verse 8. Number one is this, and this is probably one of the most important ones, is avoid hasty reactions. Avoid hasty reactions. How many in here has ever gotten upset about something and then minutes later realized that that wasn't even, <laughs> you, you, you weren't even, yeah, amen. I know, yeah, 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 we do, don't we? I mean, and then like when you get done, you're like, oh. <laughs> you know, you want to say, oh, never mind. <laughs> but you've already, you know, the, the, the hurricane's already, you know, destroyed stuff. And, and so, so avoid hasty reactions. We see that in verse 8. So Proverbs chapter 25, verse 8. It says, go not forth hastily to strive, lest thou know not what to do in the end thereof when thy neighbor hath put thee to shame. <laughs> and certainly that's some great advice tonight, amen, I, I tell you. And so really what we have here, the, the context of this from what I understand is, is this is somebody that's ready to rush, you know, in this instance, rush to court. In other words, uh, somebody has done me wrong, somebody hasn't done me right, 
and, and we're going we're gonna to get this settled. I've been offended. And so it, it goes with our nature. You know, it's our nature to assume that, that the way that we see a thing, that the way we see it is always the way to see it. And when others don't see it the way that we see it, then guess who has to be wrong, right? Pay attention, pay attention up here, I'm preaching, all right? And so, so listen, we, we come in and, and we see a thing and we say, this is the way it is, and then somebody else says something different than what we see. Well, guess what? Who, who, who automatically do we think is wrong? That guy. Yeah, yeah, that guy right there. That, that's, that's, how, that's how we are. Uh, and, and it's our nature. Every one of us is like that. We may not admit it, but we are. And so our nature is to assume the way that we see a thing is always a way to see the thing, meaning our view and our opinion is really the standard to go by. Um, uh, Brother, uh, 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 Brother Brad would probably appreciate this, and maybe I've shared this with you before, but, you know, there's some pretty theological, pretty good theological truth in peanut gallery. You know, Charlie Brown really comes up with some things sometimes. And um, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but, but it was about opinions, and, and I think it was Charlie Brown or one of his, his, his guys said that he was always certain in matters of opinion. <laughs> You know, uh, it really, we, we are like that. I mean, we think our opinion is correct and everybody else is wrong. I mean, that's, that's how we approach things. And again, it's just part of our, our, our fallen nature. And so our view, our opinion, that's the standard to go by. And when we see something that goes against that, we see that thing, we can be quick to pull the trigger and say, look at here, you know, this ain't right. Uh, and... Uh, you know, verse 8 certainly is warning us about that. You know, don't be hasty in that. Um, and certainly we could look at it if we feel that we've been wronged. We, we really should consider it well before reacting. Amen. You know, uh, because uh, as the verse indicates there, it's a very humili humiliating thing to later be proven wrong, you know. Uh, now, I know some of y'all might like uh, wild game, you know, but... Uh, but crow does not taste good, right? Nobody likes to eat crow. And I've ate my fair share of it, I tell you. And, and if I'd have just stopped and just, you know, hesitated for even 10 seconds, you know. But boy, we just, we want to get our opinion out there, don't we? We want, hey, I want, I want, I want to say this, and I'm going to say it. And a lot of times we regret saying those things. And, and again, we're all prone to that, to not see things as they need to be seen. Uh, and again, listen to me, you, you might be a very wise individual, but always remember you still have the ability to see something wrong. And you need to remember that and always keep, well, maybe, maybe that's not what I thought. Maybe that ain't what I saw. Maybe I did. Maybe I did hear it wrong. Amen. <laughs> maybe I did get it wrong. Because what you do is you, you react to something that's wrong. And so verse 8 is warning us not to be hasty about such things. Number two, uh, don't go public with personal disputes. Amen. Don't go public with personal disputes. Look at verse 9. It says, Debate thy cause with thy neighbor himself, and discover not a secret to another. Amen. Amen. Lest he that heareth it put thee to shame, and thine infamy turn not away. There's a lot of things about this verse that I'm kind of unclear on. There's some theologians that see it a little differently, but, but I just want to kind of look at it in a general way tonight. But I, I do believe this. I was thinking about this today. We live in the day and age of social media, right? 
And I believe that God looked ahead through time when he inspired this. <laughs> because if, if there was ever a day when we would say, don't go public with personal disputes, boy, it's today, amen. I mean, at the touch of a button, you can let ten thousands of people know just how silly you really are. <laughs> amen. <laughs> you know, I tell you. Uh, and, you know, we just we see that today. It was certainly true in... In, in Solomon's way, day as well, but I don't know what it is, why people, some people, first of all, I don't know why people even think everybody cares what's going on in their life, you know what I'm saying, you know, uh, but, but why is it some feel the need to hash out, in this case, personal disputes on social media? You know, why would any reasonable thinking person get on the internet and talk bad about their own mother? Or their own sibling, you know. Uh, for what, 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 why would somebody want to do that? Amen. And it's beyond me. And certainly, when we think about the Bible, Matthew chapter eighteen, Christ Himself gives us the biblical way to handle disputes and uh, go tell Him that it's fault between thee and Him. In other words, you go to Him. Amen. And certainly, there's steps uh, about taking a couple friends, and, and if need be, then it, it would go to the church. But, but we, don't, we, we begin the way that God tells us to begin. Listen, we don't go public with, with personal disputes. And, and again, Matthew chapter 18, certainly dealing with the church family. But, but even in our everyday life, you know, maybe somebody offends you at work. Maybe it's somebody that isn't in your church family. I'm just saying a wise person, they're going to try to settle things uh, privately uh, at first. They're certainly not going to go on the social media and, and start running down folks and, and repeating and broadcasting. A lot of it's just rumors and gossip and, and hearsay anyway. You know, uh, why somebody want to be a part of that is beyond me. Um, in verse 10, somewhat of a confusing verse for me, but lest he that heareth it put thee to shame and thy infamy turn not away. Now it's connected to verse 9. But really, for tonight, we just need to understand that, that these types of foolish things, that this, these rumors and repeating things, it can sure haunt us afterwards. You know, infamy. In other words, that's talking about the, the reputation that you get. And today, like I said, at the push of a button, you, you, can, you can make a fool of yourself in a matter of minutes, in a matter of seconds. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a shame, and that will, hey, listen, people remember that, <laughs> you know, and, and that will affect you, you know, infamy, it'll affect you for the rest of your life. People will have a, a low opinion about you, you know, they'll say, well, you know, that's just how he or she is, you know, you, you know that's what she's saying this week, you know. I mean, who, who would want to be on the receiving end of that? Uh, and certainly, uh, besides all that, the Bible clearly teaches that we're not to go public, certainly with these personal disputes. God's got a way to handle those things. Number three, uh, strive to become an expert uh, at saying the right thing, and here's the key, at the right time. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes our timing's a little off, isn't it? Boy, I, <laughs> you know, I'm guilty there. You know, you know, we can say the right thing, but not at the right time. And the right thing you were trying to prove just goes out the window because you didn't say it at the right time. And so we need to strive to become an expert at saying the right thing at the right time. Look at verse 11. Look at verse 11. It says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. And uh, the last part of that verse is an interesting verse. Uh, again, a lot of different... Uh, uh, 
things that people say, they're all closely related, but as far as the, you know, the actual detail of it, I, you know, I'm, I'm not clear, so I'm not going to try to divide it out. But, but I do get a picture, if you will, of, uh, you know, we might look at a, a beautiful sculpture, perhaps, of, of some kind, uh, you know, maybe a painting, if you will. Um, and so what this is saying is, is that the right things said at the right time are a very beautiful thing. I mean, that's, that's what I, that's the main thrust of this. In other words, uh, uh, the right thing said at the right time, it, it, it can really uh, be a blessing and a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, but it's, it's not, again, it's not just about saying the right things, but again, the, really the key, probably the biggest part of it is that, you know, the timing of these things, saying the right thing at the right time. Again, you could say that right thing, but, if, but you void it if you, if you say it at the wrong time. And, and, and here we go, you know, uh, we think about our first point there, you know, the way we see a thing, and, and sometimes you may see it right. You may have it right. You may be saying the right thing thing, um, the truth, but it has the potential to become something ugly and not have the desired effect that you want and end up causing damage because you, you didn't say it at the right time. You know, that's important to understand. And we need that discernment uh, to become an expert, not just to say the right things, but certainly uh, uh, at the right time, because even if you say something that is true, uh, it has the potential of hurting people that you may never be able to reconcile with them with. And, and that's a shame. That's a shame. So number three, uh, God help us to strive to become expert at saying the right thing at the right time. Number four, be a good rebuker and rebukee. <laughs> Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. It says, As an earring of gold and an ornament of fine gold, so is a wise reprover. So you have somebody that's uh, a wise rebuker, if you will. But notice, upon an obedient ear. So both of those are a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing when somebody in a godly way rebukes somebody for not to, to punish them per se, but to correct them. Uh, to, to, to help them, to restore them, if you will. But it's also just as beautiful when that one that needs rebuked understands that and listens. Both are, are equally beautiful. And certainly God blesses those on both ends of that. Again, when, when, when it's done in a godly manner, uh, you know, he's going to bless those who rebuke others, again, in a godly manner. But he's just as pleased when those... Uh, take that rebuke in a godly manner as well. So the rebuker and the rebukee, um, because we go back to our first point here in our introduction, we're all imperfect tonight, amen? And uh, we're all susceptible to do and to say uh, the wrong things, to have the wrong attitude. So we must at times uh, be rebuked, and, and there's going to be times when God may lead you to do the rebuking, those types of things. Uh, but, but again, God will bless that when it's done uh, as, he, uh, as he leads. And, you know, this goes back to, you know, if we, if we truly love God and others, if you truly love somebody, you're going to tell them what they need to hear. Somebody that doesn't really care about you, uh, they're more likely to say, well, you know, I don't want to hurt his feelings to the point that I don't really care if he makes a bad decision or not, you know. I'm, I'm just not going to get into it with him. But when you really love somebody, it's, it's worth something to you. It's worth so much to you that you'll even, you'll even put some hard feelings out there at risk because you love them so much. 
I mean, that, that's true love. And, and anybody that is rebuked by somebody like that should take notice of that <laughs> and, and understand that, hey, I, I need to pay attention to some things. Um, you know what? I, I think this is our problem tonight. I'm guilty of it. That when we believe somebody has done something wrong or is doing the wrong thing, restoration is the last thing on our mind. But proving a point is the first thing on our mind. In other words, we just simply want to win the argument. We want to be the right one. Amen? And I'm just saying that ought not be the case. I'm, I'm as guilty of it as well. When we have a dispute with somebody, the first thing is, I, what do I need to do to fix this? I do not have to have my way. Their, their friendship, their love for me and, 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 and I for them, that's the most important thing out of all of this. And that's important. And so if we truly love God and others, winning the argument or the dispute, that's not our main goal. Again, it should be rectifying the dispute, getting to the truth of what is right. And you just never know, you might learn something. Amen. And be willing to admit uh, if you're wrong. You ever been wrong? Yeah, I'm wrong every day, two or three times a day, maybe more, amen. And uh, so number four, be a good rebuker, but also be a good rebukee. Number five, number five, be a faithful representative. Verse 13, as the cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that send him, for he refresheth the soul of his master. Amen. Here we have a servant speaking on behalf of his ruler. Uh, in this context, they make their ruler look good. You know, that's what glorifying God, glorifying God just simply means to make God look good. When we do things to glorify God, we're doing things to make him look good. Uh, and, and so to, in this case, to make the ruler look good. Again, in this case too, with well-spoken words, certainly behavior would be attached to that. Uh, and that brings delight, uh, is refreshing to those who sent them. You know, I, I've shared with you guys this before, but uh, nothing blesses my heart to see a well-mannered young person. You know, whether a male or female that says, yes, sir, uh, yes, ma'am, that's polite, that, that, that shows a certain amount of reverence, you know, toward those that have authority over them, because we're losing that with our young people today, you know. Um, and, and so I think that's a good character trait, and it's very refreshing, and I want you to understand, very refreshing to God. It, it brings Him pleasure. And we could make all types of applications. We don't have time to do it tonight. But, you know, I just mentioned children in general. Certainly they need to be faithful representatives for their parents, you know. Uh, children ought to, ought, to, ought to live a life that brings glory not only to God, but even to their parents, amen, to, to their family name even. Uh, church members, we ought to be a faithful representative of the, of the church that we belong to, amen? Amen, you know. Uh, uh, hey, listen, you know, uh, you know don't, don't, don't talk about your, your, your wonderful church when you're out there living like the devil. That's, that's not good, right? Right? You know, so we need to be a good representative of our church family. Uh, but, but again, just as believers, we need to be a faithful representative of Christ. Amen. And by the way, if you're being a faithful representative of Christ, you'll be a faithful representative to your parents and to your friends and to everybody else. You know, that's, that's, that's the key to it all. And I just want you to know that not only does it bring blessings to those individuals, but most of all, it's very refreshing to the Lord. And that's what we need to strive, not, you know, not to worry those that have rule over us. And this, we just need to live, we need to speak, we need to behave 
uh, present ourselves in a way that, that brings God honor and those that have rule over us. I think that's important. Number six, don't make empty or uh, bragnocious promises uh, to others. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there. Yeah, I'll do that. I, I, hey, I got this. I got this. Uh, when you know you're not going to do it. Look at verse 14. Whoso boasteth himself of a false gift is like clouds without, or I'm sorry, with, is like clouds and wind without rain. You know, sometimes I think we just want to tell people what they want to hear with, with no intentions of, of keeping your word. In other words, yeah, I know the teacher expects this out of me. Yes, I'll do it. Yes, I know my parents expect this out of me, so I'm just going to tell them that I do it. Uh, I know that my spouse, you know, expects this. Well, I'm going to tell them I'm going to do it. Uh, uh, you know, the list goes on. And in the back of my mind, we know that we're probably not going to do that. I'm just saying you may get by with that and, and even excused by others, but God knows our heart. And, you know, this is, uh, this is very important. And again, we see there some agricultural type things. And, you know, it's like a farmer needing rain for his crops. You know, it's getting dry. And, you know, he's wondering how he's going to make a living. He's wondering how he's going to put food on his table. And, and he goes outside and he looks up. And, boy, the clouds are rolling in. And the wind is beginning to blow. And the lightning is starting to crack. And he's getting all excited. But the rain never comes. I'm just telling you, we can disappoint God and, and the people we love when we you know, say things off the cuff, and then only in a minute's moment. It, it's amazing to me how we can just flippantly, just, just on a dime, just say, well, you know, I've made this commitment, but all of a sudden because somebody says something or you see something bright and shiny you ain't never seen before, you can just turn your back on it and walk away. Hey, listen, God, God's not pleased with that, amen? So we never want to make empty and bragnocious promises to others because that's disappointing. Uh, empty promises. I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, a, a lot of young people need to understand. You know, I, I know I've mentioned this before. And, and listen, I, I know that there's, there's great young people uh, even today. And there were sorry young people when I was young people. So, don't, you know, I'm not saying, you know, uh, just because it was the day and age that I lived in. But I, I was taught that a man's word, I mean, that, that meant something. <laughs> You know, even as a young teenager, you know, if somebody didn't, if, if somebody was to, to think about me, first of all, I've always shared this before, the last thing, even as a young teenager, I want anybody to think was that I was lazy. And I didn't want anybody to ever think that I was lazy, right? And I sure didn't want anybody to think that, that I couldn't keep my word. In other words, if I said I was going to do something, I was going to do it, amen? Now, we don't, that, you don't see that a lot today. Matter of fact, it's almost half expected not to keep your word. And we've kind of given that a pass, and, and certainly there's a, a, a lot of reasons that's not good for America. But, but what I'm trying to get you to understand is people may still love you when they do that, but they'll never trust you. I mean, how could they? And so empty promises, they kill relationships, you know, with others, even people that we love. Uh, one who, who does these types of things does it to his own hurt, you know, but certainly hurts others. And, and again, he gains that reputation as a boaster of a, of a cloud that's full of hot air. You know, yeah, he's blowing and he's, you know, but, but he, he's not going to come through. And, and it ends up being a huge disappointment to, to his friends and his family. So we need to let our yay be yay and our nay be nay. Amen. I think that's important. And then finally, number seven. Uh, use soft words to break up disputes. 
Use soft words to break up disputes. Now there's, you know, here I go again. I'm, you know, boy, I, I failed every one of these. Verse 15 says, by long forbearing, by long forbearing is a prince, this is a ruler persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bone. You know, the context here is dealing with those in authority over you, in this instance a prince, uh, with soft words, even a stubborn ruler that has rule over you can be persuaded. That's what that's talking about. You know, there's power and often no defense against soft words. But what do we do? I kind of go back to the media. Somebody offends me, we get all puffed up and eyes bugging out, jaw clenching, and, you know, ain't nobody going to talk to me like that. You know? And, and uh, the Bible just says the opposite, right? That it's a, it's, it, it's a soft word, amen? Uh, 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 by long forbearing is a prince persuaded in soft tongue. Let's talk about, you know, the words that we use, breaketh the bone. You know, soft words. I go back to what I said earlier. Often when there's a dispute, the first thing at the forefront of our mind is to win the argument, to prove my point. I've been offended. I've been done wrong. Uh, this isn't being done right. You know, we just want to be heard and we want to be right. And we will defend that with anger and getting all puffed up and blowing up and ranting and raving and getting mad. But the Bible says that if you really want things to change, you use a soft answer. Who do you think knows more tonight about these things? You or God? God. Amen? God does. Uh, and not only will it help and bless your life, but it will certainly be a little more pleasant uh, those that are around you. Amen? <laughs> Amen to that. And so soft words can actually def deflate uh, a dispute, if you will, before it ever really even gets started. Listen, folks, because we live in an imperfect world and we're imperfect people, there's always going to be little fires about us. You know, and I'm, I'm using the, 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 the analogy here of a little fire as, as, as disputes and problems. There's always, there's always little fires, you know, that that are there, you know, instances. But, but our problem is, and we could take really about any one of these points and apply it to this, is so often we'll take an a, a, a uncomfortable situation, <clears throat> and a lot of times that uncomfortable situation, really we are the innocent in this. I mean, we, listen, the other person has, has done something wrong that, you know, in this case, they're not seeing it right. In other words, you're at this point, you're, you're the innocent one. But so often <clears throat> we have that little flame that we need to do something with. And God says, you know, use a soft tongue. God says to, to look at it, not to prove your point, but to restore the friendship and to, to get the problem solved. But we don't. We come at it in some of the ways that I've experienced and we take that little flame and we throw gas on it. Now, you didn't start the fire, but you sure made it the raging inferno that it is now. Amen. Because of the way that you reacted. You took, you took a bad situation 
and you made it 10 times worse because you did not react to it according to what the Word of God says. And I want to, hear you t I want to tell you something. That is probably how things mostly go when there's something wrong. If somebody has done something wrong, but the reaction created the worst things. Have you ever been into it with people, maybe when you were younger or you know, newly married or something, and you're fighting, but you can't really go back and remember what, what even started the whole thing? <laughs> because you'll say, well, what'd you get mad for? Well, because uh, this person did this. So you go to that person and say, well, what'd you get mad for? Well, because they did that. Well, I did that because they did that. Well, I did that because they did that. Well, I did that because they did that, you see? And, and then pretty soon you're like, well, I don't even remember what happened before that. I just know I'm mad. <laughs> I mean, it's true, you know, uh, and, and we go back to that point, you know, and it really, to me, it's the, the, the load falls on the one who's been offended because you have an opportunity there. You know, when somebody misbehaves, it's because they're hurting. They're not seeing something the way they need to see it. And they may take that out in the wrong way, but it's up to us, especially those of us who are spiritual, right? To recognize that and get our feelings off to the side and say, you know what? I don't have to prove my point here. I don't have to be right. I don't have to have everybody see it my way. I just want this little flame to be quenched. I don't want to do anything to turn it into a big fire. And it's all on how we react when, when things aren't right. I can't say that enough. And it's not just me. I believe that's what the Bible, really throughout these, all these points, if you just go back to them, is, it, I mean, that's what it is. And, and listen, that's what God's called us to do. And I'll, I'll end, and I'm almost done. And I know I've said this probably a hundred times. But no one has ever offended you as much as you have offended Christ. Let me add one thing. Since you've been saved. Since you've been a child of God, nobody has ever offended you as much as you've offended Christ. Amen. Think about it. Think about it. Amen. And uh, so there's, there's the challenge for tonight. Amen. Boy, I tell you what. You say, boy, this was a hard one. Hey, it was hard for me too because I'm like, you know, I mean, instances, examples of, of where I blew these things, you know, just, and not just one or two. I mean, you know, dozens of them. And uh, so, hey, we, we, you know, that's us. We, we all live in a perfect world and certainly not here to beat, beat anybody up. But I think we just, if we're not careful, we can, we can kind of say that sometimes. You know, we say, well, you know, I, I, I've had people tell me this before. Preacher, you know, I know I, I get a little, you know, a little grumpy about things. And, and they'll actually say this, but I just believe that's how God made me. God made me to be blunt. God made me. And I go, no, <laughs> God didn't make you that way. Sin made you that way. <laughs> You know, uh, God wants, wants that to come out of you. God wants you to be a new creature, amen? Uh, hey, listen, we, uh, we you know, the, those things that we sometimes think are strengths are really weaknesses in our life, and, and God wants to help us. So these kinds of messages can really, really help us out if we respond to them correctly. So let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, and Miss Layla's going to come. If God's speaking to your heart tonight about anything, just because you come to the altar tonight doesn't mean that you're struggling in any area. I encourage everyone to come. Uh, a lot of great things that we need to be praying about here on the prayer list. And uh, maybe come pray for your family. Uh, uh, you know, the hurricane. Uh, there's all types of things that we could pray about tonight. 
Uh, if you've got an area rule here in the church, a Sunday school class or, or uh, you know, whatever that may be, just come and ask God to help you. Uh, but if you're struggling in, in any area of life tonight, tonight's the night to take care of these things. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the blessings of life and your love, your mercy, your grace. Lord, we just thank you for these practical truths that we heard here tonight. Lord, I know I didn't get real deep with them. Just, just kind of wanted to, you know, just remind us of some things. Lord, probably everyone in here would, would agree with everything that is said. And, and uh, Father, uh, you know, I don't, I don't think there's a problem there. But Lord, you know, help us to flesh that out. Help us to go out tomorrow, Lord. We're going to be challenged in some way, no doubt about it. And so, Lord, help us to respond the way that you have us respond. Do what you'd have us to do, dear God. And, Father, that uh, we just live in a world where we're going to be going through difficult situations, uh, Father, with other people. Help us to respond according to your sweet and holy will. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen.